Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today in the hot seat is a very special guest by the name of Monica Zazada, and she is going to tell us a lot about some of the amazing things that she's doing on the forefront as well as behind the scenes. But let me tell you a little bit more about her. Utilizing her 25-year experience, Monica Zazada helps homeowners avoid the notorious horrors of evaporating money questionable quality and endless projects when home renovating or building. As a home construction curator, Monica acts as a homeowner's advocate, design consultant, project manager, and construction therapist. Monica takes you from A to Z, from the aha moment of an idea for a project in your head to the zen-like feeling of your housewarming party, including all the mind-boggling in-betweens, hiring an architect and a builder, avoiding typical mistakes most make without even realizing it, controlling costs, and minimizing decision burnout, which is very real. When relaxing, Monica is a book-snorting, conversation-encouraging, and optimization-addicted explorer of people, places, and ideas. So let's welcome Monica Zazada. Well, thank you so much for that welcome, Genesis, and, and thank you for perfectly spelling my names and pronouncing them. (laughs) My pleasure. So Monica, I always like my guests to be able to connect with the audience in a fun and personal way. There are two options. We could do either an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. Which would you like to choose? An icebreaker, please. Okay, so I want you to share a fun and interesting fact about yourself or something crazy that you have done in your life, or you could combine the both of them. Mm. Then in that case, I am going to pronounce a sentence filled with words consisting mostly of consonants without too much trouble. Are you ready for that sentence, Genesis? (laughs) I am ready, and I think... I'm going to challenge myself to repeat it after you to see if I can say it. Would that be fun and interesting? That would, that would. (laughs) Okay, here it comes. Wszczebrzeszenie chrząszcz brzmi w trzcinie, przyprawiając wszystkich o przepotworny ból głowy. Which means, and I will repeat it, it's it's a total, you know, impossibility almost, but it means... In the little town of Szczebrzeszyn, I am from Poland, so this is a Polish sentence. In the little town of Szczebrzeszyn, there is a beetle making no noise in the reeds and giving everyone a horrible headache, which I'm sure by now I gave you <laughs> just by saying this sentence. My husband, who is German, says that Polish sounds to him as if there were a bunch of uh, dry leaves moving, moved by the wind in the street with a lot of shh, shh, shh. 
So, again, the sentence is Wszczebrzeszynie chrząszcz brzmi w trzcinie, przyprawiając wszystkich o przepotworny ból głowy. Okay, so slow, so I can try to say, so say the first part, the, and then say it slow, and then I'm going to repeat it back. This is my challenge, audience, for myself, so I could practice some linguistic abilities here and connect. So, ready? Okay. Szczebrzeszynie. Szczebrzeszynie. Chrząszcz. Chrząszcz. Brzmi. Brzmi. W trzcinie. Sinie. Przyprawiając. Przyprawiając. Wszystkich. Szyszki. O potworny. O potworny. Ból. Ból. Głowy. Głowy. That's really totally fantastic. Are you, yes, do you have a natural proclivity for languages? So, <laughs> insider tip, my father was from Curaçao, so some people say Curaçao, so uh -huh. off the tip of Venezuela, so part of the ABC Islands, and he actually spoke four languages, English, mm -hmm. Dutch, Papimento, and Spanish, and then my mom is West Indian, so she's Caribbean descent from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and she only speaks English. So I think most of my uh, linguistic and language um, ability probably comes from my dad's side of the family. And one of the regrets I have is not being able to speak Papimento or Dutch, but I can understand it. And since my dad passed, it'll be two years since November. I wish I would have like paid more attention and learned it as a kid, but since we spoke English primarily in the home, unless my dad's family came around. Um, we just kept it with English since my mom only spoke English. I see. Well, you know, my professor of English literature, I majored actually in American literature. So it's funny how I ended up doing what I'm doing. But my professor of English literature used to say that we have as many souls as many languages we know. So your father had four souls. Wow, that is incredible. And he was just such an amazing man and the best dad. And, you know, I miss him dearly, but, you know, I have a guardian angel now looking over me. <laughs> so, Monica, thank you for teaching me that and giving us the context behind um, the meaning of the sentence. And I think that's really cool. So, I'm glad you did that as an icebreaker. And I'm also glad I challenged myself to uh, say it. So I hope I said it perfectly. No, seriously. I mean, you are so brave. I don't know if I would, you know, if I would take up such a challenge because it is, again, it's, it's a mouthful. I know it because all my American friends are just, you know, they can't handle that. So congratulations. You handled it very well. <laughs> well, I always like to give the audience a challenge. So we're going to give them a challenge before we dive into the meat of the conversation, which is the work that you're doing. So I think an easy challenge would be, can you teach us how to say good morning or good evening? Absolutely. Absolutely. So good morning um, is Dzień dobry. Dzień dobry. Mm -hmm. It's almost uh, like Russian. It kind of sounds like, because Russian is dobre udre. That's right. We, you know, uh, a lot of times uh, when foreigners are listening to Polish, Ukrainian uh, and Russian and Czech, actually, 
we I do have to say that our languages do do sound very similar. So you are absolutely right. Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. So then, good morning. One more time, audience is. Dzień dobry. Dzień dobry. Mm -hmm. And good evening is dobry wieczór. And good evening is dobre vietro. Dobre vietur. Dobre vietro. Vietur. Vietro. Very good. Thank you. So that's the challenge. <laughs> the audience, those of you listening as well as watching, I challenge you to practice saying good morning and good evening in Polish because you never know if you want to travel to Poland or you meet someone that is from Poland, you could connect with them just by knowing how to say good morning or good evening. Now we're going to segue into the work that Monica is doing since she is a curator in the home con home construction space. And this is actually a male dominated field depending on what part of the world you're in. So to have a woman who is breaking barriers and making huge impacts and strides in this field is incredible. So Monica, I wanna walk through your back your backend story and build up to where you are because you wouldn't be the woman you are without going through maybe some transitions or pivot in your career. So can you give us a short um, glimpse into your background and what made you get into the work that you're doing now? Mm -hmm. So I actually stumbled upon it by uh, by accident, I have to say. As I mentioned, I was studying, I, I majored in American literature and um, my professor offered me a position after I defended my master thesis to teach. So I was supposed to have a totally academic career writing essays or books and and whatnot, but I just thought how silly it would be to be teaching the literature of the country I never visited. So by translating a book, How to Live with Irritable Bowel Syndrome in short two weeks, drinking copious amounts of coffee, I was able to get uh, some money, enough money to buy a ticket to fly into the United States. And I was supposed to uh, earn some money to begin with for within the first five months and then within the last six months to take a greyhound and travel all around the United States. It didn't happen like that because when I was here, I realized that while my position in Poland as a teacher of American literature would be very prestigious, it would take me seven lifetimes, literally, to save enough money to be able to buy an apartment. So why was it important to have an apartment? Because an apartment and whether, you know, whatever home means to you, for me, this was home. And I am very obsessed with, with an idea, the value, the romance of home, because I grew up in a communist Poland. So there was a you know, pretty vast shortage of, of um, living quarters. I shared my apartment with my parents, siblings, and my grandparents so i really do want did want to have a home of my own which is what propelled me to stay here and at a party at a new year's party i was introduced to a general contractor who was thinking of expanding his business and he invited me to be part of that and that was a big big learning curve for me because i entered this 
territory, which was completely alien to me. Uh, so speaking of headaches and, you know, making by beat, you know, beetles and the reeds or headaches and noise that construction make, makes, it, it, it was really a, a, you know, a time of very intense learning and education. But I love it. I love it because it does, um, it did lead me to what I am doing today, which is helping homeowners with what is, you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest investments of their lives after home purchase or owning a home or an apartment. That is amazing. And I like how your back end story build up to the work that you're doing now, because even though you fell into it by accident, there was different things that you learned. And then if you didn't learn those things, you wouldn't have met the man that um, asked you to partner and come into the work that he's doing and et cetera. So I tell people in life, we have to realize that we go through various seasons. We go through various challenges. We go through uh, various um, situations where we're either learning something, we're meeting someone that we're going to be able to build a rapport with, where later on that person is going to either be a mentor or we're gonna mentee them. They're either going to be a business partner advocate or etc so you never know how people come into our life for various reasons as well as seasons and then the fact that you said um that you started by wanting to build build up enough money to travel or whatnot and whenever you said the greyhound I was like oh my gosh I remember my first greyhound experience uh I literally y'all cried because I had never been on a greyhound bus but my husband had took me on a greyhound bus the first time to meet um his family whenever we were were dating but before that I've been on a bus but it was like the luxury like buses that you travel for like conferences and stuff with the bathrooms and the different stuff and for those of you who may not be in the U.S. or have never been on the greyhound all walks of life go on the Greyhound. The bathroom may not always work. There may be different um, smells on the bus that is um, out of this world. I don't want to scare you, but it is an experience and it does open your eyes. So that is actually commendable. I was like, I can't imagine going on a Greyhound. And you know, there's multiple stops on the Greyhound. So it may take you forever to get somewhere. <laughs> very true, very true. Very, very accurate portrayal of Greyhound. Yeah, so I wanted to just put that context out there for the audience, just so they know. So that's actually commendable. And then whenever um, you were approached by the, by the man to um, do business and etc. Are y'all still in um, contact today? Oh, yes, we are. We are. We are very much uh, friends. He says I am the sister he never had. And he's very much like my brother. So yes, we are still in contact today. Mm hmm. That's amazing. And when you think about um, the work that you're doing in the construction industry, what are some of the myths that you want to debunk? Because it's not always a sexy industry and some women may want to go into it, but they may be feeling right now that there's not a rightful place for them since it is male dominated. But to hear from another woman who broke into the industry that's very successful in doing it, you can be the voice that helps them elevate or sparks that inspiration or motivation for them to be like, well, if Monica can do it, then so can I. Yes. So, you know, it wasn't easy because it was, like I mentioned, 
entering a new territory. And it is just like with, uh, I would imagine, I don't have experience, like with medicine or law, right? So it is its own universe with its own laws, with its own language, uh, concepts, terminology, which is sort of like a secret code. So yes, the beginnings were not that easy because here I am, someone without any prior knowledge of the industry, a woman, and on top of that, someone who speaks with an accent and who was always sort of expecting certain things of people because my job description was I started, you know, answering the phone, then I was doing accounting, then I transitioned to an assistant project manager, and, and then I was managing projects and I eventually became vice president of that company helping it, you know, go from like a basement based outfit into a multi-million dollar general contracting company. So it is an industry that is male dominated, but I have to tell you that I was lucky enough to have a great mentor and also, you know, having people that eventually after they got over the fact that I was a woman with an accent and all that, uh, I was I was really you know um, accepted. I was I was accepted within the industry. So so uh, that is that is an industry I think which is good for women because it is extremely detail oriented. And I do believe, and maybe it's a it's a you know uh, sort of outdated way of looking at women. But I do believe that women are very detail oriented naturally. Perhaps it is because. We are meant to be nurturers. We are meant to be mothers. And if we don't get to be mothers, I have never gotten to be a mother. We do get up to, uh, you know, we do get to use our natural tendencies. So detail oriented and multitasking. And also I think getting things done no matter what without allowing ego to get in the way. So if I were to advise women to whether to get into this industry or not i would i would encourage you yes to do it i was doing it mostly um or rather i shifted you know that with the with the focus to be women women homeowners which is who i who i um who I help because women um, when con were in their confessions were were sharing with me that they do feel at best patronized and at, and at worst, taking advantage of when, when engaging in a home renovation or building. So this is, this is, this is what I decided to do and who I decided to currently uh, concentrate on in addition to my done for you services, which is doing everything for you as a homeowner from this A to Z, from, from literally the idea of a project in your head to the very last phase, which is usually and hopefully a joyous housewarming party but I am only able to 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 help a very small amount of people I don't take more than three projects at a time if I am doing the done for you services and now I created a brand new course titled nail it which is meant to prepare women for their projects so that they are empowered that they know the intricacies and the step-by-step -step method that is going to protect them in again what what in most cases ends up really being a horror story. Amazing. And I, I, I love, I love that because me coming from a male dominated industry too, not um, construction, but I came from oil and gas, which is very male dominated oh. and kind of similar to you. When I first got into oil and gas, 
I started at the bottom. I started as an imaging clerk. Then I went into uh, project coordination, project management, then HSC, health, safety, and environmental. Then I switched from a smaller uh, British-owned company to a big Fortune 500, started at the bottom again as an administrative assistant, answering phones, setting up meetings, all of that. Went into raw material coordination, which I'm ordering all the raw materials that go into making polypropylene. Then I went into trade regulations and compliance. So dealing with a lot of government sanctions, um, DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, dealing with vessels, all of that. But as a woman, as a woman, we have to take ownership of our career and be the ones to be in the driver's seat and navigate. But while you're doing that, you have to link arms with either finding a mentor, asking for a advocate, especially if it's a new industry that you're going into and you have no idea. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength because then it shows that you're hungry to learn more. You're um, you, you're very passionate. You're a go getter and ex, and et cetera. And being able to submerge yourself in all the information, but also do enough due diligence and research so you can know about the subject area that you're in. So if someone were to approach you and something kind of didn't seem right, you at least have the background knowledge to say, hmm. I haven't heard this, or I haven't read this, or I haven't seen this. Let me question this a little bit further. So I like what you said, your avatar is women and you're trying to prevent them from going down the path of having horror stories because we all know when you're buying a home, that is a big commitment. It's depending on what state you're in, or if you're out of the country, you're putting a lot of money into this home and you may wanna live in this home for maybe five to 10 years if you don't wanna do like buying a home, renovating it and reselling it if you don't wanna do the investment route in, in that sense. And a home is an investment on both fronts, just depending whether you're living in it for long-term or you're buying the house, you're flipping it, selling it and moving on to the next project. You definitely need to have all your ducks in a row in order to be successful because you don't want your money to go down the drain, in my opinion. Would you say that was a good correlation based on what you just said, Monica? Great. Yes. And let me just add a little bit uh, to what you said about us being in a male dominated industry. So I do absolutely agree, Genesis, that we do need to learn it. But I also believe that, you know, there is the saying, if it's up to me, it's if it's to be, it's up to me. So just because we were entering a new territory and I think that having learned what works and then being becoming aware what doesn't work, to be, you know, to be strong enough to just say that, listen, even though this is this has been done this way, it doesn't mean that this, is, that this is the most optimized way. So I did notice, for instance, that, you know, building industry is sort of dysfunctional. It is really messy because by its very nature, it creates a situation where, where all the uh, parties to a project, which is you, us, as homeowners, then architect and a contractor they are not introduced to one another in a nice organic fashion, but rather in a very chronological and sort of divisive fashion. So it creates a situation where the three parties are always finding themselves in a situation that they need to defend their positions 
because of a flawed process that brought them together. So I don't know how much you know about um, about building industry or how it usually, you know, how the project unfolds. Do, I, I don't know. Did you have any? No, I know a bit about it only from the standpoint that I am a, a home um, owner, and I know that whenever you're getting ready to look for a home. Um, you go to different na different neighborhoods. That's the first step to kind of survey where you want to live. Mm -hmm. Then you make a, if it's a new construction, you're either going to go to the design center to start to look at the pieces, or if it's existing home, you need to bid on it. And sometimes your bids may be outbid by someone else who has more money. And now um, where I live, there's different people that are moving here that have enough cash for the home. So, you know, cash is king. So they're outbidding and overbidding people who are already living in our current state. So that's mm -hmm. also driving the market up. Then we're, we see all the inflation right now that's going up, plus the supply and demand crisis with not having enough materials and et cetera. Then you also need to go through the lending process if you don't have all the capital up front. So who mm -hmm. are you going to use to um, lend you the money for your mortgage? Um, how long do you want your mortgage? Do you want a 15-year or do you want a 30-year mortgage? Mm -hmm. And there's so many different moving pieces that go involved that into buying a home and just making sure you qualify. Also credit, they look at your credit. You mm -hmm. may have all the cash and some, depending where you where you go, they may let you put all that cash down. Or if you're in a different area that has more restrictions, if it's a rural area or whatnot, even though you have the cash, they still may want to run your credit or whatnot. So it just very, um, it varies. And there's a lot of intricate pieces. So I'm just going to leave that there because you're an expert in this area, Monica. So I want you to um, continue sharing where you were going with that um, question. Yes, yeah, so exactly. You put it very, very, very accurately. There are a lot of moving pieces, not only in our attempt to acquire home, right? Because I also was at one point the first time homeowner and I was saving. And then there was just what you said, the qualifications, the credit score. How much do you uh, can you hope to, um, you know, to to get right as your mortgage and all that? And because the very next step, I mean, I, I was not able to afford a turnkey home. So I knew that I'm going to purchase something that I would want to renovate sooner rather than later. And that's why I put such strong emphasis on us being educated, us becoming an educated homeowner, because home is, like we were saying, such a huge investment. And it's not just financially, it's also emotionally. It means so much. So, so it is important that we do get some sense of what the process of renovation is. And I am encouraging people to really spend a lot of time in their homes, in their newly acquired homes. First, really observing around how they move about in this new space, because we can't really make good decisions if they are rash decisions. Like when I bought my home, I thought I am going to put my bedroom and I ended up putting in a totally different part of the house because I realized that the, the bedroom where I wanted to put it was on the, you know, on the north part of the of the home, which is I didn't like that. Then my my TV room is not where I wanted to put it. So you do need to leave yourself enough enough time to really observe 
how you are utilizing the spaces, what you are doing, what you are, um, what you are planning on doing in every room, right? So let's just say you are, you know, you are thinking of doing baby's nursery. So you do know, okay, you walk into this newly acquired home and you look around how many rooms you have in that home. And you might decide that, okay, the nursery is going to be the smallest room. The baby is going to be small. So to begin with, the baby doesn't need a big room. And then, so this is the purpose of the room. But then you think of how you are going to perform certain tasks. Are you going to want to sit next to the crib of your baby? And then if so, in what type of an armchair or a chair would you like to sit? Would you like an ottoman to put your feet up? Do you want to be sort of uh, following the flow of the room? So I am walking in with the baby. Should I put the changing station first or should it be, you know, the crib? So you really need to think about the function of the room, which is the tasks you want to perform in the room and how you want to perform these tasks and why I'm talking about it, because that informs the, the layout of the room, the furniture of the room, which then informs also your electrical wiring, your cooling and heating, your cooling and heating systems, the colors, the, 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 the full scheme. So the self-awareness and the self-discovery is key before you go on and embark on, um, on adding the team to your project, which is an architect or some other design professional and a contractor, and you do want these three players or parties because they address and handle the three aspects that each project has, no matter how large or small, which is decision-making, and that's all us, we really hold immense power as ultimate decision makers, but that also comes with responsibility of the self-awareness and self-discovery and education as to the process of construction, so as decision making. Documentation, which is, it's not enough to just be, you know, uh, verbally expressing what you want done in your home. You need to have it documented very accurately in the forms of plans, schedules, lists, so that you are protected. And then there has to be someone to execute that intended scope of work, which is a contractor. And then if, you, if your project is small enough and you want to take on these, um, these tasks and responsibilities of what would otherwise go to professionals, you also need to know what it is that you are supposed to be doing. So again, education is really super important. I love that. And then I'm just going to summarize that based on what I heard. Mm -hmm. So I love the example that you gave about the nursery because it is allowing people to really be aware of the space that they're in, how they're going to utilize it. And once you know how you're going to utilize it, then you allow that to be the blueprint that allows you to connect with people who are going to get the task done in a sense, because when you're building a home, you have to realize that the, the first thing is the foundation. If you don't have a steady and sturdy foundation, the house isn't going to be able to withstand. And then understanding your key, your key players, the architect, plumbing, electrical, um, your painter, and all of those pieces work together. But 
without understanding the foundation, the structure and the purpose of it, you're not gonna know who to effectively call on in order for the rest of the task to get done, in order for um, the project to really turn into a final, final product, which is the home and a livable home that you love, a home where you could feel you could feel confident in knowing, oh, this is my place of peace, my sanctuary, a home that you could just go home and relax without worrying about, oh my gosh, what is going to happen or whatnot. So I love that you said that. And so as we begin to wind down, Monica, I want you to summarize once again, what um, is a home construction curator? And then we're going to jump into the call to action for you to leave the audience with. A uh, home construction curator is essentially an advocate, an advocate for homeowners who otherwise wouldn't have the voice or the knowledge that would empower them to confidently approach their project, knowing that no one is taking advantage of them and being prepared to have the most enjoyable experience contrary to what is normally happening. That's why I recognize the need for curatorship, not just sort of fragmentary approach to how the homeowner should be, uh, should be uh, supported by a very comprehensive way in which they ought to be supported and educated. I love that. So you are the person that someone can go to whenever they need help and you provide them all of the necessary tools and resources in order to take their idea from conception and make it up to the final product. And you're going, you're going to do that through an A to Z approach, but then you're also going to be there to make it easier and conducive since you already have the background knowledge, but it is also a partnership based on their wants and needs for that project that they are working on and you do it together in a collaborative style. Very well, and I really love how you are summarizing uh, what I am saying because you are using new, new angles sort of it, but it is just so very organic and it actually enriches, you know, enriches the whole the whole concept so thank you so much and i loved how you said that you know you are because you do want to have a livable home that you love so many times we just we are just sort of you know enamored with what things look like but don't take time to really examine whether they will work for us we do our we do want our homes to be livable not just looking pretty so that was a very important um, factor that you touched upon. So thank you, Genesis. My pleasure, Monica. And now let's jump into our call to action. What is your call to action for the audience today? Do you have a resource that you would like to share? Do you wanna add an audible, something that we didn't cover that you think is a value added to the conversation? And if not, we could plug your contact information. How can they reach you via your website? And where do you primarily hang out on social media? So yes, you can, I encourage you to visit my website, which is www.de-mazing, D-Mazing, the name of my service was born uh, one day when the client said, Monica, before you, I felt with my project as if I were in a maze. 
I didn't know what my first step should be, whether I should turn left, left or right. So you cracked the code of the maze. You are so demazing, hence the name of my service. And you can grab a free ebook on my website, which is titled Three Must-Haves for Successful um, Home Construction, because home construction means renovating uh, you know, converting, adding, or building new homes. And I am going to soon invite you to a free masterclass with a special invitation to my course, Nail It. So stay in the know and visit my website to be on my mailing list. Amazing. And I love the name D Amazing. So y'all, <laughs> once again, that is D E hyphen amazing.com is Monica's website. And Monica, are you on any social media platforms like LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or anything like that? Yes, I am primarily on LinkedIn and Instagram. Okay. And what, it's all, it's all the, the links are on my website. Okay, perfect. So y'all, I will link Monica's information in the show notes. So what you need to do is read, scroll on down and tap in with Monica. And then you'll see the back links to where she hangs out in on in social media. So LinkedIn, she said primarily, and Instagram. Those are her two platforms. And Monica, once again, I want to thank you so much for coming on GEMS podcast to share your knowledge with the audience today. Audience, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and follow. We are on 40 plus platforms. So there is a space for everyone to listen. You could also see this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, here's my rendition. Where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. I want to thank each one of you for supporting the subject matter experts, as well as the core pillars to bring content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also weave in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it does take all of us coming together to learn something new from each other. If we're not learning, then we're not growing. And we are currently ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. And I am looking for brand sponsors. This is paid sponsorship. So if you want to cross-pollinate and do something together where we could go further and faster together, please send me an email to genesisamariskemp at gmail.com or head on over to my website, genesisamariskemp.net to learn more info on how we can work together. Until the next segment, next guest, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and go learn something new about home construction and get you a curator of home construction, aka Monica. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com. 
where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.